Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking about mental health in the workplace and I'm joined by Jodie Hill, who set up Thrive Law in 2018 in order to ensure that everyone can thrive in the workplace. On this episode, we're talking about the two key areas that are affecting mental health during COVID-19. Jodie also talks a little about her own mental health strategies that she has in place. We discuss one aspect that is key for leaders, particularly right now. And we also talk about why we need to use this time as an opportunity rather than seeing it as a problem. So I look forward to you diving into today's episode. So welcome back to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stress, doubt and overwhelm so that I can help you to increase your performance, to be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host and leadership coach and workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce make the impact that you want in the world. Now this week I've got a brilliant guest on for you. Jodie Hill originally trained as a barrister and cross-qualified to a solicitor. Following her own mental breakdown in 2017, she set up Thrive Law in 2018 in order to ensure that everyone can thrive in the workplace. Thrive is now multi-award winning and being recognised for the commitment to diversity, inclusion and social mobility. She is an advocate for mental health and has their hashtag One Mind campaign to ensure mental health risk assessments are mandatory in all workplaces. Jodie continues to disrupt employment law and the mental health sector with her thought leadership and strive for social change. She recently appeared on BBC Look North, ITV News, BBC Five Live, The Guardian, The Times and The Yorkshire Post, just to name a few. So Jodie, thank you for joining me on the Lessons for Leaders podcast. I'm really delighted to have you here. No, thank you for having me. It's been a long time coming actually, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those really great ideas that we didn't quite get round to, but but never mind, you know, I'm I'm really pleased that you're you're here with us now. And but I want to dive in first and talk about, you know, what do you think are some of the biggest issues to impact mental health and well-being in the workplace? Wow, where do we start? So I think there's, there's two key areas here that I'm going to focus on. And I think the first thing is, is those who are furloughed. So the, the, the mental health of those individuals is going to be significantly impacted by the by the mass uncertainty, by the fact that, that, you know, they're sat alone with their thoughts at home. They might be balancing childcare works, living with a key worker. They've got all these challenges that they just haven't had before. And also the uncertainty of not having a job to go back to. And I think that's the real problem for a lot of people. Now, people now know what their obligations are, but we had the whole transition period and that in itself will have had an impact on people's mental health just the kind of not knowing the process and how much they'll be paid and all of that side of it but I think then you've got the unfurloughing side so will I still have a job when I go back will it be the same can I still 
um, work in that same office. You know, we, we've no idea what's going to happen and every business is going to be different. So I think that that's going to be a huge challenge for employees and employers. We're going to all have to work together significantly on that um, just because it, it's new for everybody. You know, we've never been in, in my experience, I've been doing this for 10 years now and we've never had this situation before. And, and mm-hmm. that unknown is, is incredibly difficult for employers, but also, you know, profoundly for employees and I think employers need to think now about the unfurlowing I know that it's likely to last into June but equally if they have to make people redundant or if they don't think the structure of their company is going to look the same afterwards then I think the way to manage this whole issue is and and actually to minimize the risk on individuals is to look at consulting with people and communicating with them now because you start to ease some of that anxiety everyone's sat there on center hooks thinking do I have a job can I do this so that's one thing I think people people should really be thinking about um and when I say people I mean individuals can be asking their employers for that information if their employers aren't giving it them and employers should be proactive about it the other thing i think would be really um helpful for people who are furlough and actually this takes me to the, the home working point that i'm going to come on to is is that the people who are furlough can do training so this is a real opportunity to upskill your team and make them feel as though they're not forgotten i think there's a huge issue at the moment with people feeling like a real disparity the people who are home working are still working working loads of hours and there's all these people who are not doing anything and there's nothing in between so i think those people who are off and in fact those who are home working upskill them use this opportunity to train them and i'm not saying like you know make them learn 10 languages that's (laughs) not where i'm going with it but you know the reality is if they're furlough and you've got you know some equality diversity training some mental health training there's loads of stuff that you can be doing resilience training helping them bounce back from this situation so all of these things and you can find stuff that's free very low cost so there's really no excuse all these things you can put into place to really minimize the impact on on that kind of return period um because ultimately we will go back at some point and um you never know it might might be sooner than we thought we just don't know at this stage so yeah, I think I think furlough is a real, real problem for people's mental health. And I think home working is home working. Yeah. People, most people have never done it, have they? I mean, I, I'm quite fortunate in that in my firm, I set up the firm with um, home working at the core. So we smart work, homework, we work the hours when and where and how we want as long as we get the job done. And that's been the ethos behind what I do. So for us, the transition was really easy. But for many companies, it was awful. You know, people didn't have the right equipment. They didn't have the right support. They didn't have, they just, they just didn't have any communication. And I think that, ha- again, has a profound impact on individuals because they're probably working more hours, um, but they're not having the, bre- the break. So in order to minimise the impact on those people, what I've been, and I've talked about this loads, actually, because I think I'm really passionate about this because I think people can, very easily be forgotten when they're home working and actually they tend to work harder because they're trying to prove themselves yeah um so i think what what we need to be doing if you've got people home working do those risk assessments communicate with them and and really take the time to understand how that individual wants to be communicated with and, and how often because i think there's a really fine line between like micromanaging and people like feeling the pressure to be on a video all the time and actually they might not want that whereas other people want to see someone's face so you know everybody's different and i think mental health that it, you know we all have mental health but 
we become mentally ill when we don't manage that properly or when things like this happen that cause us to feel more anxious so um so yeah kind of in a nutshell they're, they're the key areas I think that are going to impact and actually you know kind of going a bit wider is key workers as well you know key workers have been feeling the anxiety of having to see people with coronavirus on a daily basis um you know it's 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 hard I think every sector's got its different challenges and I think definitely wherever you are, yeah and I don't want to kind of you know dumb down any area because it's that's not the case and it's not all you know the furlough workers have got it hardest because they haven't but equally they've got a different challenge to the key workers to the home workers to the people of social distancing so I think what we have to do as individuals is understand that everyone's got their own journey and be kind about that and I think we also need to go a bit further and actually be proactive about it and help ourselves as well as help our employers and vice versa so yeah sorry I got off of on there exactly and that's you know and that's why I asked you on because of your passion and all the knowledge in all the different bits of areas I think there's um lots there that I've been talking about and I've been communicating with and people might have picked up on on previous podcast episodes um I keep talking about the other c word so instead yeah. of talking about like the coronavirus or COVID-19 whichever people are calling it you know I keep talking about that c word of communication oh that thing <laughs> yeah it's huge isn't it but then when you say to people so we just need to have a chat or I, I need to talk to you and you get people sighing and looking away and sort of self-talk and mindset things about oh my god what have I done wrong they must only want to talk to me because I've done something wrong or it's going to be bad news this is it yeah and the communication thing that I think that's a really really good point because people assume you're only calling them or you want a, a daily call because you don't trust them yeah and I think you know there's a real fact because people go oh well, we have daily calls and we have daily meetings and, we're daily. and I'm like well that's fine if that works for your business but we don't do that thrive because I trust my staff to get on with their job and they've got my number we have we have what we've agreed between the team, not what I'm telling them they need to do. And that's another point is agreeing the way to communicate. Yeah. We've actually, um, we have a team meeting on a Friday where we all speak for two minutes and we have to bring, uh, we kind of summarize, we reflect on our week and then you have to big up one of the other team, um, team members. Yeah. So it's like a big up Friday. Um, on a Thursday, we have a quiz and then on, um, and then, um, every every now and again I'll just pop one in for in teams for like 10 minutes where you just have to come with a brew and just see how you're doing and if you want to come you can come but if not you don't have to and I think you have to flex it because some people just don't like being on a video they find it a bit weird like they just don't and it makes them feel anxious the thought that they have to get ready to go on the video yeah and so then we've got that feeling again of it, that's going into like being judged and what will people yeah. think and, and again all that mind stuff yeah all that mental health stuff that, that begins to impact on it all um which is you know a lot about with what that i'm hearing as well with the different people that i'm working with and the different um companies and you know it's really interesting that, that you are saying for the people that are furloughed that you can they could, you know, they can still do training and, and there is um, information and training courses out there because that's a big chunk of the work that I do. And yeah. I've been doing so much more. Companies are getting in touch with me. I've been doing um, courses for individuals and one-to-one -one stuff. And then companies getting in touch with me all around stress. Yeah. working I mean people are going oh god don't give me another work from home but actually then I've got other people that are going well I can't manage this with doing the schooling the kids are always asking for snacks and um 
and doing that. So, and so actually people are getting, feeling saturated or feel like they already know what they should be doing or how they should be doing things. But the stress levels go up. So the, the bits in your brain kind of switch off and then you're not actually doing the things that help you. You might know what you, what you need to do. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about in a lot of my resilience is that we know what we should be doing, like look after your health, get enough sleep, da-da-da. But are we actually really doing that? That's a really good point. Because when, um, when, and I've learned in lockdown this exact lesson, because when we first went into lockdown, um, whilst I was actually already home working, none of my team were at that, or actually two of them were, but the, some of the junior team don't really work, because you know they want to be around people, they need a lot of support. And actually what I found was, um we had you know hundreds of inquiries a day because of employment law you know that's what we do and exactly phone was blowing up and then um you know everyone was working from home and we just literally had to so the transition was fine but equally it was finding that communication piece understanding what does everybody need and it takes time you can't just do it overnight we were forced into this position overnight and you can't run a law firm from your living room overnight just doesn't work that way but I was like me being me I was like well it will work that way and actually um you know I was completely unrealistic with myself and I didn't put those self-care things in place I know what I've got to do to look after my mental health my anxiety my PTSD I know that I've got to do that but I didn't because I went into autopilot trying to save my business and save my staff and I think a lot of people have done that and are now feeling the uh, well or over the past couple of weeks have been feeling it and I know that I was super emotional I was a mess for, for a couple of days and what I did was I brought in little chunks of um so every day going for a a walk making sure I did that and that was my one commitment then I bumped it up and did 10 minutes of yoga every day then I started my journal and I gradually brought things in and now I have a really clear routine I get up at five and I I do what I need to do before nine and I do four hours and that's all my exercise my journaling me time all my emails set my team up boom then when nine o'clock comes I can support my team and like I know people will be listening to this going she is absolutely mental getting up at five o'clock um but I'm a morning person. So like now it means I can come and do podcasts in the afternoon. It means I can record videos and put them on my YouTube channel or my Instagram because I've got that time and I'm a bit more relaxed in the afternoon because I'm not stressing about what I've got to do because I've done it all in the morning. So it took me, it took me, I've been on a journey in this time and every person I speak to has been in this position. So I suppose the reason I'm sharing it is just that like, you're not alone and like everybody, everybody's feeling the pain and everybody's felt the strain on their mental health and felt like they were losing their mind. And I think, you know, that's, that's okay. And that's, um, that's normal. Um, you know, we're in unprecedented times or I hate saying that word. Um, (laughs) everyone says it. Um, but you know, I think, I think it is, it is really important as leaders, we need to look after ourselves because if we're not in ship shape, then who's going to look after our team. And so that was, you know, that was a bit of a a shake up for me. I was working stupid hours on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every day till like 10 PM from 5 AM. And I was like, this is just stupid. So yeah just being strict on yourself and I put those boundaries in place and you know like after after do things like this I'll be like right now I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to do and it sounds really simple but making that time for yourself is so important I just can't can't. exactly and it only needs to be simple as well that's the key thing is that we you know we do need to just keep it simple so that it's easy so it's achievable so it can be whether it's little pockets in the day or whether it is like you that you know that chunk um but 
we we need to keep it really really simple and more so because we've got less access to things but you know i've been saying for years it's not all about kind of going to the gym and doing two full hours at the gym where can you put little pockets in you know what that's um, so good about the, the gym thing as well because like you say a lot of people are doing these like running a million miles or yeah. you know getting fit and learning 200 languages and actually the reality is there's a lot of us who are still working but working in challenging circumstances and so don't like i'm don't compare yourself to what everybody else is doing because you don't know what else they've got on. They might be furlough, they might not have anything to do, they might have lost the job and that's why they're doing it to give themselves purpose. So everybody's got a journey and I think our problem at the moment and is another real impact on mental health is social media because we're not seeing people, we're only seeing social media right now. And that I have a really healthy relationship with social media and I don't, I, I, I understand kind of what do what I do and do and don't want to engage with on there but there's a lot of people who will look at that and think I'm not good enough yeah. I, I you know and they will compare themselves and I think we we have to be real and and that's partly why in some of the videos I've been sharing I've shared lows as well and I've shared you know pictures with no makeup on and that kind of thing because actually I think the reality behind all of this is we are all a bit vulnerable right now we're all a bit scared so you know by posting how many um you know and don't get me wrong I do post about my fitness stuff as well but that's because it motivates me if I post it every day then I, I'm accountable so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's like if she's not posting it and she's not done it so I'm like right I'm accountable so you know that um uh, you know the social media side is going to have a huge impact on people because a lot of people will be online more and they are yeah. and it, my 18 year old came to me the other day and I had been saying this to my teenagers about because they're you know they're on an awful lot and the the, the time yeah. you, you know between the the studies and whatever they're doing and um, it's their way of staying connected but um, you know they were beginning to get jumpy and irate and a little bit anxious about things and I said to them you need to limit your social media I was only watching the news once a day at one set point in the day but I said to my daughter that you, you know you need to sort of ration yourself a little bit and only look at things at certain times etc and then the last week she came to me she said oh I was watching such and such and such and such and they said you should only really watch them um, watch the news or uh, pick one newspaper or one news channel or one news program um you know for all your updates and I thought oh it's brilliant I said that to you weeks ago but it's great that it's gone in now <laughs> yeah taking two weeks to sink in but it's true um that's the thing isn't it sometimes we need to be told things more than once from 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 a few different yeah. um, medias before it goes in and that's why I do my newsletter and my podcast and my social posts and then my training you yeah. know and you're doing that the same with everything in your company with pretty much similar things and, and your YouTube channel but yeah. it's it's that being able to sort of educate people and help people in different ways but yeah. be able to get that message through I think you're right. And I think the consistency is key. It's about um, understanding and translating some of what's going on. One of the um, issues I think at the moment is that there's a lot of information, but there's what does it all mean and how does it apply to me and who do I trust? So I think because because we've got a lot of information, like you say, through through media, through social media, through companies trying to understand what's happening, through the lack of um, guidance from the government, like there's so many sources. What what we 
try to do and, and we did exactly the same thing about this, about the news stuff is saying you know don't all of us only watch the news what in fact I don't watch the news unless I'm on it <laughs> um, <laughs> so um I I don't watch the news I listen to the radio in the morning like five live or four or something a trusted to me that's a trusted or lbc or something like that to a trusted radio station but actually we just watch the announcements you know at five o'clock and then we translate those and send them out to our database and we got some we've had some amazing feedback someone sent us one today saying that um like they, they always delete emails from lawyers because they're really dull and boring but they can't wait to receive ours and that we, we're straight to the point they know exactly what they need to do afterwards and this is someone in hr which is what we do and yeah. they'd emailed us saying we absolutely love it and i was fortunate know what that's what it's about it's it's about getting straight to the point let's get rid of the waffle let's let's be straight talking with people because as soon as you're straight with people they then understand and then they know what to do has a a much improved impact on the mental health than thinking i've got all these things i don't know what to do it's like find your trusted source and um for us we we're just doing it off the announcements because nothing else is official all the stuff in the mirror in the sun that's speculation it's not true you know, and it's like, there was something about, oh, hairdressers are opening next week. And it's like, but aren't, where has that come from? You know, <laughs> so um, it, it causes a lot of anxiety for people again, because they're like, oh, well, I've been told this here and that there and that there. And then you get a lot of people get, um, having like conversations that kind of turn into a bit of a dispute. Um, so, yeah, no, I massively agree on the on the media front. Like. <laughs> And one of the, yeah, absolutely. And one of, but one of the other things that you mentioned as well is, um, you know, is about the kind of key workers because a lot of them are in um, low-paid jobs. Um, and, and with the companies that I were working with before all of this, quite a few of them were putting um, kind of like money worries and finance aspects into their well-being plans because they recognised the impact that that had as well. Um, on, on people's well-being and people's mental health and now we've got key workers that are crucial that are in you know whether it's whether it's NHS or whether it's it's you know my, my daughter's at the supermarket and um, you've got people wandering around you've got people being close to you people not I don't know I think they seem to forget that they have to, that they have to do distancing once they get focused on doing their shopping or or I don't know what happens but um, people seem to be forgetting about the distancing or keeping back and the, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of anxiety on those people as well. Uh, I agree and I think I think um, I, I actually haven't been to a shop since lockdown. Um, I and <laughs> I'm very fortunate because uh, well. To start with, I was, I was just so busy. I couldn't leave. I could. I couldn't. I was so busy. I was like, I can't leave the house. And with my own anxiety, yeah. I was just. I need to be in my little bubble. I'm just going to sort myself out. But actually, what's happened is my partner goes out to work, so he will go to a shop on his way back, and he's like, "There's no point in you going out and putting yourself at risk. I'm already here." So um, I sent him a list. So that works lovely, um, which is great. Um, but he said the same thing and he said, you know, it's, he can't, he won't go to a big supermarket because people's leaning over him and, you know, and he said it freaks him out a bit because, you know, you don't know, you don't know who, you know, nobody knows whether they've had it or not. And it, I think that's the, the, the problem is that it, a lot of the symptoms you don't get until after you've already got it. If that makes yes. sense. You don't know that you're passing it on to people. Um, and there's, and I think what's, what has been a real thing on social media, which I've noticed recently, is the, pa- the fact that people are just ignoring the lockdown rules and going and seeing their family and stuff. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's outrageous. I think it's really selfish. Um, 
but I've, I've noticed there's a lot of people just like having parties and barbecues and they're like oh well, it's so-and-so's birthday so let's have 20 people in a house and and I think that's quite sad and I think that makes other people who are, are treating lockdown as it as they should I think that makes them quite angry and upset and I think so that creates emotions as well when when you see that on social media so again it's that it's that what the stuff that you're seeing through social media but just generally what you hear and you just think what are you doing <laughs> exactly so that, yeah. and, and you're right that, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's negative emotions or positive emotions and whether it's the worries about the situation, about furlough, about finance, you know, yeah. about people being close, there's, there's an awful lot of sort of stress and anxiety. I think there's just been a um, survey released um, that was done through some HR professionals and across LinkedIn platform that says that they are really really worried about the impact on mental health and what that's going to look like sort of you know at the end of lockdown um and the way that leaders lead now because i do a lot of work with leaders as well as the training with the workforce it is it's massive and it's going to come back to that communication and people being able to say i think i don't know right now um because then that builds the trust. We've mentioned trust quite a few times already. It builds that trust in people. It's not about always knowing or always putting on this positive mm. social media type. Absolutely. Everything's okay scenario. Yeah. It's about real, you know, real raw honesty with people. Um, and also, you know, demonstrating that, that kind of resilience and that calm demeanor, because all of that gets picked up by people. And it's like, um, it's like the calmness can be contagious as well. So that when we're around people that are supported and being supportive, you know, we can get that sense of calm, which also helps our, our kind of mental health and well-being as well, I think. And, and that sounds like what you're trying to do, certainly in your business, but with the people that are coming to you for help and support, does that sound like it's there or is that still a big piece of work? I, I know I honestly think that's the case I mean we obviously part of our business is HR support so um we are we've kind of had to effectively help people manage that process yeah um, every business that we've worked with has been so on it and I, I, I'm just so proud of all our clients all of all of our staff like everybody's just taken taken to it like a duck on water like, I, I, it's just I think you've either you've either got it in you or you haven't I think that's one of the things as well and like you said if you you've got to lead people through a crisis you can't expect them just to swim you, you have to lead them and I think um when it comes to mental health you have to lead by example and if you're not practicing what you preach and if you're panicking all the time and, and are inconsistent or are unhelpful or unsupportive your staff aren't going, going to feel much trust in you yeah. um, so I think what my tips for people on that are um first of all I'm really open about my own mental health and the impact it's had on me so when my staff are feeling particularly low I can empathize with them and say do you know what I've been there and it will pass like you know we, we're all in this together and that's a normal feeling so I obviously I'm not their counselor I'm not their advisor but I can be there for them and you know they will at least one of them will ring me in the, in the week and be like do you know what I'm having a really hard day today and I'm like right let's talk about that but you know how many leaders can say their staff will ring them if they've been crying or they haven't slept you want to get to that point where they where they trust you so that they will ring you and they will tell you their most vulnerable their vulnerabilities yeah and you can only do that through authentic leadership you have to be authentic with with your staff you have to be real and you have to really understand 
um, kind of how to, to how to do that. And, and one of the ways that I've done that is through storytelling and just being open about my mental health. By being vulnerable, I have displayed to my team, and this is what they say to me, is that they trust me because they know I can I can genuinely empathise with them rather than being like a kind of super strong, scary person that they're scared to talk to because I'll probably probably get told off. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. but it's finding the balance and it is hard because um, you can all, almost go the other way and be too nice and too friendly and then you lose the management side and, the, and you lose the leadership side. So you've got to find the balance. But the starting point is it, for me was certainly being vulnerable and being authentic. Um, I think it's harder if you haven't already got that and you're in lockdown, but to build on it in different ways. And I'm sure that's where, you know, your expertise will come in with individuals. Um, but certainly leading through a crisis is so important. And I think what we also need to remember is the HR people and the managers, they need leading as well because they're the ones managing those teams. And as business owners, you know, I'm a business owner manager, so I'm doing all of it. But there are some business owners where they're slightly bigger, where they've got line managers or HR who are actually taking a lot of this burden themselves. So another thing I would also recommend, and I'm sure you're on the same page with this, is is making sure that, that they're supported as well, because like, as the business owner, that's your job to support them. Um, and I think that's that'll have a real impact on people's mental health, and they'll really trust you as a leader if you if you offer that support. And you might, they might not even need loads of hours. It's about reaching out, and it goes back to the basics of communication, like we said right at the beginning, communicating with them, showing them the lines of communication if they need anything. Um, and I think actually, what we found with all our clients because they had processes procedures everything in place already and they could just come to us and we could help them guide them through furlough and we encouraged that communication from the beginning all of their staff actually just accepted furlough they were all fine with it because they understood why um, but I think yeah. if you just tell people they have to do stuff and then don't communicate with them on what the impact might be that's when you start to lose trust so there's certainly a way that people can if they haven't done this already when they're unfurloughing take the opportunity now to consult with people if they're going to be made redundant to communicate with them if there's going to be any changes to make it clear when and where they what they're going to come back and whether they might have to homework after furlough or not you know just all the things think about it think about it don't wait for furlough to end and then go oh come back to work because that's where you'll really lose trust people because you're not leading them through you're just reacting to a situation there's so many people who are just like, they're just waiting for, for something to happen. But I feel like there's so much we can do right now. There's all the training, there's all the communication, there's, there's employee engagement, there's so much you can do. And don't forget about diversity and inclusion as well. There's so many people in vulnerable categories with disabilities. You know, people are doing Ramadan right now. And, you know, how is that for them in lockdown? They can't see their families and it's so yeah. important. So that has an impact on mental health. Uh, we just did a blog on this today, which I can share with you. But, you know, that you've got to think about all, and to be inclusive in, at this time. You've got working parents at home who can't manage homeschooling. They just can't do it. It's impossible for them. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and we're seeing this as a real concern where people are unfurloughing and they don't have childcare yet because the schools aren't open. And it's like, it's a real moral dilemma, but how do you help that individual? And yeah, there's all these challenges that I think people need to think about. Hopefully by, by me talking about some of these challenges, it's just a bit of food for thought. And then people go back to their businesses and think, actually, this is relevant to me or that's relevant. And there's little nuggets of things that people can take away. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, and that's actually a brilliant summary, really, of everything that we've talked about. And like you say, taking it right back to some of that, you know, that information at the beginning, that honesty, the communication uh, that builds trust and then um, having people be able to have that really clear understanding. Not, and you're right, not waiting for somebody else to make some of the decisions, you know, because when I talk to people, I often, when I'm doing resilience stuff, you know, I say that what I used to say to my managers um, when I was in corporate, we, you know, we would, there was nearly always a transformation and a change structure and things like that. Nothing obviously like this. But, you know, I used to say to them, um, can you control it? Well, you know, with this situation, no, we can't. But can we influence it? Well, yes, we absolutely can. Because we can make those decisions, like you've said, about what you're doing on a morning or how you feel or talking to people. So, yes, you can influence it. Um, you know, but if the answer's no, then we kind of just have to get on and get to a place of acceptance with things. Or we go, how can we influence this and begin to feel about that sort of onus of control? But again, it's still about talking. It's still about communicating. And I think it's about knowing just that that old adage really of kind of saying it's you know it's okay not to be okay on certain days I also had um, I've had a few a couple of days over the period where I just cried and I did a, I was doing a stress and working from home um, webinar for people and I think it was the day after and I was I was really honest with them and I said I just spent yesterday crying and I couldn't quite figure out why apart from you know the whole sadness of missing people and the difference etc etc I think it was only in about week three or something and people were just going, oh, thank you for being honest. Oh, that's oh, that's amazing that you're so honest. I'm like, you, you get what, what you see is what you get with me. Um, these people are not being in my tribe, but you know, and I I am totally honest. Um, but um, it you know that that builds that trust, and people welcome it. So anybody that's yeah. a bit listening, that's maybe a bit worried or a bit a bit cautious, you know, with both of us saying that, hopefully that they can take some of those steps and be a bit more honest and open and as you say vulnerable yeah. with their team vulnerability is key and I think as a leader if you're not vulnerable if you're cold with your team you'll never get the full potential out of them I think I mean have you have you read the book Brené Brown yeah yeah so I only recently like listened to it someone was like oh what you're doing is very much like this and they were like you need to read it and actually a bit of a takeaway people go read that and it'll make you feel better um because actually it is helpful to see like the power of vulnerability and at this time you know none of us are invincible it shows that you know we're all human and we can all take away from this that it, it could happen to any of us and actually if we're all vulnerable and we all support each other then we'll get through it stronger and we'll come out what we'll see is we'll see good leaders leading their teams out through this and they'll be stronger than ever and actually sometimes it takes something like this to happen to bring people together so use this as an opportunity don't see it as a problem I think that would be my kind of closing comments <laughs> brilliant uh, we, we could definitely finish on that oh thank you so much well you know we're on the same page I could chat to you for absolutely hours I know. I just go on and on and on but <laughs> I really appreciate you um taking the time to come on and talk to me Jodie if people want to find you where can they get in touch with you or where can they connect with you 
Sure. So um, on social media, it's I am Jodie Hill. So on all of them, it's the same one. And then on um, and then uh, at, it's at Thrive underscore Law. If you want to find us on social media, we do have a free helpline for coronavirus. So I'll share the email address. If anyone has any concerns, like just just email us. We we set it up because we want to ease anxiety for people who mm. can't afford advice. So it's just coronavirus at thrivelaw.co.uk. And if you want to get in touch with me, and mine's the same, but Jodie.Hill at thrivelaw.co.uk. Literally, just get in touch. Um, we've got a group. Anyone who's in, like, who's a business owner, um, and I think you're in this group, Emma, uh, the Thrive yeah. Club on Facebook. Um, it's a great group for business owners or anyone managing a team. So if you if you want support, everyone's posting questions in there all the time, and and I manage the group and along with the HR guy, and we basically just give you as much free support as we can. So don't feel like you're alone and reach out. But um, thank you so much for having me. I really love. I've really enjoyed it. Brilliant. So if you have any questions about today's episode, you can get in touch with me as well, Emma at emmalankton.com or in touch with Jodie. All the links are in the show notes. Recently, I've been working with a number of organisations, as I mentioned on the podcast, to deliver virtual trainings on mental health, stress management, resilience, work-life balance, setting boundaries and a whole lot more so do contact me if you want to discuss the needs for your organization and finally just a quick reminder that if you've enjoyed this please do a go over leave a review and then i'll see you again on the next episode bye for now